Luke Tim. I am Luke Tim, the host of the podcast, and today we got a good one for you. We got Sergeant Jason Halifax. Uh, he's been a cop on the force for over 20 years. He's been a uh, elder in our church. He's been on council in our church. He's on the altar guild, which is awesome. Um, only dude on the altar guild in our church as well. So he's got a lot of leadership roles here in our congregation and in the community. And this is, uh, we talk about this a little bit, sort of the, the third trip, although the first one was when he was in college, not at all a mission trip. Um, we'll touch base on that a little bit. But his first time to the refugee camp, and have a great discussion about how different that was from uh, his other experiences. And um, just a couple of cool stories and uh, about some cool people that he met there and relationships that he developed. So. Uh, very cool conversation. It starts off weird. We're talking uh, uh, exercise and weight loss stuff for a minute, so just get through it. It'll be fine. <laughs> so without any further ado, here is uh, my good buddy, Jason Halifax. Because for the, unless unless you have a, a lot more weight to carry, you're not really carrying it around where your belt goes. It kind of plops over your belt. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Yeah, Dunlop. <laughs> so I mean, if, if I'm down to my like I'm I'm heavy right now because I'm trying to get um, I'm trying to get that deadlift PR. But right. um, we'll see. I keep rethinking that. Like I, <laughs> I can I, see why I'm going to injure myself. <laughs> But yeah, the, the lowest I get, I get maybe one notch on my belt when, I, when I'm way down in weight, cutting weight for like a 60-day challenge or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then when I'm all the way back up, as, as heavy as I am right now, it's, it's where my belt usually always is. Yeah. So. Well, I've had, the, I've had the question asked of me um, by people who don't, who don't be doing just mess with me. I mean, I certainly get enough out of work where people try to tease you or give you a hard time. But it's like, oh, Rick, the other day, make that comment. Yeah. He said, are you working out some? He wasn't even being, you know, a jerk about it. Yeah. It's just, he's, you know, I'm like, well, actually, I am, and and even like I say, the shirts fit a little bit different now. And I, the other day, I was, um, I put on a, a, a t-shirt, but I noticed how it was kind of pulling along the shoulders. Like I wasn't wasn't doing that before. Yeah. So it's good. Mm-hmm. Then actually, yesterday when I was doing, um, I was doing cleans with sandbags, I guess, and and. Um, I don't know if I was doing it right. I'm not. I'm not very good with cleans yet. Yeah. I was doing more of a hoisting with my back. Right. Right. So if I wash myself in a mirror, I can guard myself better against what I'm not. And I hate to do that because there's too many, so many guys in the gym who stand in front of the mirror. And <laughs> so it's, don't be a jerk. It just, but but I can do it because it helps me to watch that. Anyway, so watching that, I noticed. My legs are bigger than they used to be for sure, which is why they weren't, my shorts weren't sliding up like they should be when uh, I bend yeah. and squat. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, all the, the results are there. I'm happy with the results, quite happy with the results, actually, based on the workouts I'm doing. And even with the, uh, um, I put on my body armor, my, my hard plate armor. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is, this feels lighter than it used to be. Yeah. Because it's not so much, because that's, that's, that's my core strength. I'm developing better. Right. Once that's up on your chest, you're like, whoa, this is like 25 pounds. Yeah. 
unusual when you first got it on, but not anymore. Yeah, it's it's funny. The way I, I kind of map out how I'm doing what I'm doing right now, what I'm doing and how I'm doing it is, and this has been for a while actually, is, is based primarily around the supplements I buy. Okay. Because when I buy, like, I like the pre-workout stuff, but it always has creatine in it. Creatine will always make me, I retain so much water when I take creatine. It's ridiculous. I feel like a pregnant woman. It's, it's, it's just, it's silly is what it is. Um, and I know that, and I know it's going to mean I'm, I'm going to pop up eight pounds, probably at least just, just in water weight. Right. It's so bad. Uh-huh. And I know it's going to build muscle. So I'm, I'm just going, I buy a pre-workout, a tub of it. And then I just do this like bulk phase until I'm out of it. <laughs> and that's how long I do it. <laughs> super scientific (laughs) and then when I'm out of it (laughs) I'll go down into a cut face (laughs) yeah that's really all it is well there's no reason like even with mine now it's it's like you have to be so rigid like you used to be you know it's 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 more about the movement and the effort than is actual my actual gains to me oh yeah I don't in my workout now too, there's only a few different occasions where I'll actually have you record either one rep max or like on Wednesday I had to do a run a mile for time. And I don't run anymore elliptical, but just I mean, point is that it's not very often I have to even record that. So as long as I know from my, you know, I can gauge how I'm work, how this weight feels in my hand based on a week prior, mm-hmm. and and that'll be and that'll make me content enough to know that it's not as heavy as it was a week ago or, or whatever. Or right. Maybe I can get a few more reps this time before I go to fatigue or, or yeah. to failure. I, I have almost completely stopped looking for um, recording any any weights that I lift. Duh. I'm almost done with it. I, I won't I, – I know that I, I'm never going to bench past 225 again. And I've, I mean, I've only broken that rule once or twice, and it's really at like 250, and I just kind of leave it like, ah, just to see. Right. Um, <clears throat> I think that's that's kind of my hang up on the deadlift thing. But I'm kind of thinking like I push that weight, you know, up really high once and then never go above 405 or something like that yeah. is kind of my thought. But um, I'm even I'm even debating that because if I, if I hurt myself, I just know what it take, takes to recover. Now. Right. Right. Dude, it takes forever. I know. <laughs> if I get hurt deadlifting, it's probably eight months. <laughs> I don't want to not work out for eight months. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's stuff I've had certainly that amount of time, just little muscle pulls or strains. And and I've been, I'm okay with it now in my own head. I'm used to it. But I mean, when that first, when you first get to be old enough and that hits you on being 46, it's like, yeah, you're just not going to recover as quick as you used to. No. You know, injuries and even trying to work around them or work through them, it just takes forever. Right. Like, oh, whatever. Okay. Then I'll just, that's what I'll do for the next six months, aye, aye, eight aye. months. Yeah. It's just not worth getting hurt. And you're not arresting people anyways. <laughs> it's true. I'm not. I'm just supervising. I mean, supervising. <laughs> <laughs> you're a desk jockey now. <laughs> I do. Uh, when was the last true. time you arrested somebody? Uh, a couple of years ago, actually. Um, and it's kind of a long circular story, but my, my squad was low on numbers and we'd get, get thrown some of these cases kind of out of the clear blue sky that, um, need some attention. And I thought, well, I'll take that one. And it was, it, had, it was a, um, um, someone using someone else's identity um, okay. for a traffic ticket. And, ah. um, and there was a time years ago where we couldn't, like I couldn't query 
the DOT to see your driver's license photo. So you didn't have one on you. I could get a physical description and that kind of stuff, right. and social state of birth, that kind of stuff, but I couldn't get a picture picture of it. That's only been within the last few years that I would really? have done that, which has been... That seems late to the game? Way, way late to the game. Either way, um, officer had issued a ticket, probably shouldn't have, based on um, a, a description of um, the DL. Mm-hmm. Um, it was close. And the gal who actually... Um, let's see, we went on her record, but she wasn't the one that was driving. Mm-hmm. Her identity had been stolen. So anyways, that case came up, and I pulled the body cam. I was like, yeah, it's a real clear picture. That's not her. And then just filed the charge on her, Yeah, which was, you know, kind of a, a gimme. Because, like, here's her on tape <laughs> giving your name. Here's her on tape signing your name. Uh-huh. So that was a, you know, a, well, it's a forgery for signing the name. Yeah, you're forging the document, government document, and then the false or the um, um, theft of identity yeah. because she, you know, the code section says you have to gain by the, doing that, and she obviously did by not getting that criminal charge. So, and are those both felonies? Uh, one was. One is jeez. Oh, you think you're not doing something that bad by just saying, "Oh, right. it's not me." Just for a ticket. Just for a ticket. It's kind of the odd thing too. It's just it's literally just a ticket. It's all she's going to get, but. Turned into two felonies. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, in the moment, probably a young kid. Oh, yeah. She was 19. Yeah. Yeah. Probably doesn't even know what a felony is. No. That's too bad. Yeah. Well, you were were on the uh, mission trip to Kakama this year. I was. (laughs) What do you think of the policing in Kakama? <laughs> Sorry, it was, you know it was interesting too with the when because we were sitting in the in the hospital hospital, <laughs> and um, even though this is well, even if you know if you're in Nairobi, the cops around there, and I know there's different levels of them. At least wear a full uniform, yeah, pants, shirts. Most of them have some kind of shoe that's uniformish, yeah, at least. So the guys that came out, if we're talking to. Um, Peter Scotch had come out to talk to to you guys and get your name and all that kind of stuff. And, it, and they had on, uh, I think they were wearing blue jeans. Yeah. There's definitely not uniform pants, the uniform shirt. And so that's kind of the first thing I noticed. And then, um, of course, the one guy had a, a, a line piece of paper, which wouldn't be, I mean, I would have taken notes on that years ago when I first started, but I don't now. But it was a full sheet of paper, and he's asking the questions I would ask. It's like, I'm not, you're not going to call these people. All right. But whatever. <laughs> but anyway, stacked right behind that pad of paper, and noticed in his fingers was a little stack of money. I huh. thought, hmm, <laughs> you didn't buy anything here. <laughs> you didn't sell anything here. Mm-hmm. What that money's for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was, um, you know, but it's so interesting to kind of listen to him, how, how he went through that that uh the questions and stuff not unlike we would do here to investigate an accident get witness statement so to speak but then the next day when we went to their um the police station and and of course i didn't get to go in and talk and i was really kind of really kind of wanted to go in yeah but i thought no i don't even no, no point in this and then to hear you guys come out and say yeah they want us to you know press charges and have they got arrested for 10 years it was like 10 years <laughs> For an accident? <laughs> like, wh- what? <laughs> and just really minor bodily injury. That, that a rollover. So, 
That'd be like a failure to have control ticket probably here. Yeah. He's not really careless driving, not really reckless driving, maybe careless. But, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a couple hundred bucks. Uh-huh. And they want him to do 10 years. 10 years. Now, of course, I'm sure that would be hashed out with, well, 10 years. But if you want to serve a lot less, and here's my hands, and oh, they're, yeah. they're free of money right now, you could fill those. Right. So, you know, that was that. And I was like, okay. All right. Yeah, I was talking to a couple people, and they said he... If his uh, if his boss, the the guy who owned the vehicle, likes him and uh, wants to be a good boss, et cetera, the, the guy's not going to spend a day in jail. That's well, he shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's that's kind of what they do. They they levy those big scary things, and then they kind of dicker down the the cost. And <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Different way of thinking of things for sure. Uh huh. For sure. And people think about it in terms of, of police corruption, but it's it's so baked into the culture, it's almost it's almost not corruption. You know, it's it's almost Certainly. just like the price of doing business. Right. Expected. Certainly expected. I mean, that's how cops get paid, basically. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> you know, obviously, not that I sh- shouldn't expect it to be just like we do it here, but right. it seems so far past. Yeah. So far on the wrong side of that. It, seems it is. Like. It is way, way over. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, that was an interesting interaction with that guy because he was he was serious, and um, I think the the biggest thing is they were nervous that we were going to come back later and levy charges that they didn't do their job. So they wanted to toss out, and as Americans too, they were like, "This guy's doing ten years in jail." We're, we're going to nail them to the wall. And, you right. know, we're like, no, dude, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much that, I'm wondering how much of that was out of play as well. You know, that has some bearing on it, no matter whether you're in Nairobi or, or Kakuma, it doesn't really matter. Right. It doesn't, you know, that has some bearing no matter what. And I guess it does matter, but it's got to have some, some kind of effect on it. Yeah, they want to make a show, a show especially for Americans. They want right. to make a good show of it. But, uh yeah, you were you were kind of on security detail. Keith kind of had you as the right the guy who was always on <laughs> situational awareness wise. Uh, anything get you nervous on that trip? You know, not really. Um, when we rolled up on on the accident, because we were we were the first car in. Um, we were actually had just got into town there, and um, the driver's phone rang. He picks up, and and as soon as he started talking, he turns off the road into a into a, like a parking lot, I guess, and. And then he started like, like taking doing a U turn. I thought, I wonder what we're heading back for. It's my first thought. And he goes, you know, there's there's been an accident, or I think I think he said they've seen an accident or whatever. So we get back on the scene there uh, to where you guys were. <clears throat> I know you guys had kind of mentioned a couple of times about the, the crowd that was forming around the car, and that it didn't. I mean, I understand our I understand our vulnerabilities there, but it didn't. Um, it didn't really concern me there. Um, I guess just the posture of the crowd, so to speak, or the people that yeah. were around wasn't wasn't concerning us. <laughs> the one lady tried to hand me a roll of toilet paper, and I'm I'm guessing it was maybe because someone was bleeding, and she thought I needed to help someone. I don't really know why that she handed it to me because I'm late to the game there. But um, and even prior to that, you know, nothing in in London. Um, I guess going way back, or I should say Paris. Um, um, that was all cool there. Mm-hmm. Well. That's kind of, I didn't expect anything there. Keith and I kind of talked about that, and he thought he was a little more concerned about the pickpocketing stuff there than in yeah. Kenya, and, and that was all cool. And prior to our trip, or once you got into Nairobi, up until 
the point of the rollover. There was no, um, you know, we're all basically Nairobi, pretty, I don't know, more Western-ish, I guess. Yeah. I wasn't that worried about it. Um, um, once that, you know, the crowd didn't bother me at all. Um, moving through the crowd, get pictures of the, of the truck, uh, the accident scene didn't seem to be an issue. Um, the, um, when we drive back to the hotel or the guest house gates, it wasn't, you know, I guess concerning, um, to the point where I was like, holy crap, but it was just like, okay, we're not getting the looks like we're really very welcome here. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I'm sure if we were walking through there, it'd have been a much different ball game than driving through. And not to the point where it'd have been dangerous at all, but just the, it would have felt like, I would have felt I would have had to have been more vigilant going through there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on, uh, on the, um, in the camps, no concerns at all. Um, there was one time once we got back to Nairobi towards the end of the towards the end of the um, of the trip, we were walking back from the having a meal the one night, and we were um, turn, we walked down the street. That was the last road to um, the Rosa Mystica, mm-hmm. and you had stopped to tie your shoe, and there was um, so the crew was getting a little bit separated out, yeah, which wasn't a huge deal, but um, and there was a group of. I would guess local, and they were pretty young kids, um, walking up the street. And I don't know if anyone picked up on it. I, I kind of did. One of the kids stopped and kind of looked. And then, and then at you, because your head was down, you were on your shoe, looked back at his friends, and then kind of had a smirk on his face, and then kept on moving. Hmm. That was the only thing I picked up on that was, and that, and that was, I felt, not, not a threat, that was less of a concern to me than it was, you know, in town in Kakuma. Right. But it was just something that I, I kind of noticed from that little yeah. interaction, I guess. But Well, and it's interesting. Um, Keith was talking about this, too. We we got into Kakuma, in, into our guest house differently. There's There were two doors. And the way that we came in this year, every time, was the different way than we came in last time. Last time we came in through the, the other gate that we never really walked through. And you walk over there and there's like a um, few more guest house rooms and then there's like a business at the end of that like the, it caps with a business but last year last last year was vacant I, I have the suspicion that this year there must have been a business there but we would so that's why we weren't walking through we just walked through this this kind of vacant little storefront thing and when when we came in that way every time that's where the driver would drop us off and then he would drive the car back around and park it where he parked it this year Okay. And when you do that, you're, you're driving through shops and business and and those things um, that we didn't really even hardly see this year. We, we again, it was just kind of weird. So <clears throat> the the difference is where we drove through; those are all people from Turkana, and they're not in the camp. And so what they're seeing is here are these Americans. Uh, yeah, they're coming in to do this aid work in the camp and basically screw us Turkana people. Right. So there is there is a real tension there between the Turkana whose land the camp is in and the refugees in the camp, but they do have to work together. Sure, sure. Because it's a shared economy at that point. Right. You know, I, I, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. 
And the drunk guy who tried to get into the vehicle, he was Turkana. Yeah. <laughs> the very good parts of his English. Oh, that was hilarious. It's like, where did that come from? Oh, what the heck? That guy cursed like an American sailor. I was blown away how creative, precise, and really good. He was good at right. cursing me out, called me a lot of things. <laughs> that was great. I kill you. I have a bullet. <laughs> kill you. But definitely was a feeling, I guess, to me, maybe it was just perceived at my angle, of, I mean, a little less general security up there, because um, there probably is, yeah. truthfully, you know. Um, knowing that, you know, like down in Nairobi, for instance, if, if, um, if we were harassed, there's enough other folks who wouldn't want to see that happen. Yeah. Um, native to that area, not just other Americans or, or Mzungu, but up in Turkana or, um, or Kakma, I should say, um, I think there was more of fewer of those people. Yeah. There was more of something happened to us. They'd let it happen or, yeah. or maybe even help out. And I didn't realize again, even at, at first that, um, you guys had that stuff swiped out of the, your property at the at the accident. Yeah, because that I mean I've been on seen enough rollover accidents or accidents in general um, in Des Moines here where there's I mean your stuffs wouldn't get swiped. No, you know, even if it's um, you know I, I guess on a Friday Saturday night in the downtown district, there's a lot of people out and about. It'd be similar to what we had seen yeah. at the accident. Your stuff would be would be safe sitting there. Yeah, you know, people would but, feel badly enough that you were just in an accident. They wouldn't right, want right. to snag your stuff. Yeah, and how quickly it went went up there, you know. <laughs> in in you know, for instance, your your headphones, your Bluetooth headphones would go a lot further in the United States than up there. Even though they all have phones, they don't have smartphones, Bluetooth technology, I don't think. And Not all of them, for and, sure. And Or they have much of a need for that up there where it's down here or in here, over here. You could get a, a price for those things. Yeah. You know, or just use them yourself. Yeah. You know, and I mean, Debbie's saying, I'm sure they saw the, the uh, saw it as a purse or a money bag. Yeah. That makes sense to me, but mm-hmm. eh, <laughs> it's what it is. It is what it is. But this is your so your second trip with us, third trip overall. Um, right. Compare this trip to other times you've been to Kenya. You know, the first time we were very when this was back when I was in college, um, um, and I went to do my bachelor's degrees in wildlife management. And it was a wildlife management focused trip, and we stayed at five different national parks, all in, in lodges. They called them lodges, not even guest houses, but it was very. Um, they were very, very Western, but because we had these lodges, we were treated like, I mean, wealthy Americans, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, even some of the lodges that night, I remember seeing, um, um, like a, a dude run a group of, run, with a group of people around him, he's buying drinks. I just had this image of this super, even when they weren't speaking English, the super rich European who flies all of his friends down here to have this big, so it was a very, very different experience mm-hmm. all in all because you're catered to not even, it's not even like a hospitality Kenya thing. This is a hospitality. You're paying a hotel fee, that kind of yeah. hospitality service. Yeah. And then um, you know, jump forward. And that was '95 when I did that trip. And I jump forward to the um, to Maini trip, which was like four years ago. I think I went on that one. Um, that's when I got to experience um, the culture. Yeah. Certainly, I did not on my first trip there. You right. Know, that was. 
that was a, it was almost a it wasn't a vacation, but it was more like one, and that was kind of just a wash, really. Yeah, you sort of travel in a bubble. Right, totally, totally. And then, um, um, you know, with the Tumaini trip, um, you know, it was a little bit different. Um, you know, within the Kakama trip, only because we're still we stayed at Stanley's, which is a pretty nice hotel mm-hmm. for Kenya standards. A very nice hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, my first real, I guess, immersion there. Somewhat at the center, Tumaini Center, mostly when you get to Eladad's mom's house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is really what it's like. This is Kenya. This is this is this is what he's been talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was, you know, um certainly make it take a step back. And then of course we were only there a couple of hours and we, you know, ate and ate and ate. <laughs> so much food. <laughs> and then went back to the hotel. So it was just uh, just a, a short immersion in it. Mm-hmm. Again, the the, the two Maini because we were there two or three times throughout the course of that, and even at uh, was at Henry's parents' house. Mm-hmm. It was, um, you know, it was a little more similar to Eldad's mom's house, but still, um, perhaps a little more modern, a little more Western headed, mm-hmm. I guess I'll say. And then this time, um, you know, I knew what I was going. I knew what to expect in in Nairobi. Had been there enough times in the past, and then. Um, even in Lodwar, it wasn't, we weren't there long enough to really get that feeling. No. And once you hit, um, Kakama, it's like, whoa, okay, this is different. <laughs> A whole lot different. And then, and then of course the next day when you get or later that day and the next day when you get to the camp, it's like, ah, very, very different. Yeah. So just, I mean, again, my first one is just not even relevant at all to these two trips not yeah. related nothing other than learning to say jumbo yeah. <laughs> and what the, the big five are that was the extent of it right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but the two maini to kakama is just i mean just worlds worlds difference yeah both you know important in their own right but just different. so much different yeah yeah there it's almost like two different countries it's you know like trying to say well america is america you know, just like northern Minnesota is the same as southern Arizona. Right. It does feel like that, though. <laughs> I mean, it does feel like a different country. Yeah, it does. It's, it's, a, it's a good geographical distance. And then add to that, like, the climate and the tribes, the different types of peoples, um, right. the situation of refugees. Uh, it's just a whole different thing. Yeah. And in, 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 in our two mining trip, we had... We were around way more English speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, majority of people spoke English, yeah, by far. Um, whereas on the uh, the Kakuma trip, the, ma- the majority did not. Mm-hmm. You know, probably twenty five percent could speak or understand um, English. So you know, the the need for an interpreter was um, vital. You yeah. know, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, very very different. Yeah, and, and um, in most of like the more settled Kenya, you've got. A tribal language, so you know, Kikuyu is different from Luol, is different from all the other tribes, but most of them also speak Swahili. Right. And then you get out there, and it's like uh, Swahili is kind of irrelevant. It's everybody's <laughs> tribe kind of speaks their own language, right? And right. that's it. And uh, they're, they're all different countries. Yeah. So we're Sudan, South Sudan, um, Ethiopia, Burundi. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's language is a huge <laughs> obstacle for sure. That one guy was from the Cong- Congo. Even. Congo. Yeah. The Congolese. first day we were there. The, we that were dude was awesome. Too. Maliki. Yeah. yeah. 
Malachi. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a whole day. Ah, it's Malachi. <laughs> Maliki. <laughs> It's just the accent I don't get. That's right. That's right. That dude was awesome. Yeah. He was a cool guy. Yeah. Lots of lots of interesting people to meet there. Does, what stands out from, from Kakama? What surprised you? Getting a cold pop was shocking. <laughs> 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 um, you know, the thing is, is each... So we went to three different parts of the camp, I guess it was, and, and each had its own... I guess surprise to me. And, mm-hmm. and the first, the first day we were in, um, was it two? I guess. Yeah. And and um, so we had that first cold pop, kind of on scene there on campus, which was where they get refrigeration out here. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my, my first exposure to the camps in general. So I mean, everything about that was just kind of unusual or or new to me. I guess. Um, even though you guys describe how the homes are built and, and situated. It's hard for me to, to envision that until mm-hmm. I get there. So seeing, you know, like, um, um, the church, um, kind of how the kids just appeared out of nowhere. As soon as we showed up, like, where do they keep coming from? There's dozens of them. There's dozens of them. And they're so happy to see us there, you know? And, and, and now, so, so even that first day was all, everything was brand new. It was complete novelty. The second time, the second one you get to, which is the uh, um, the Calio Bay, yeah, um, struck me was <clears throat> the openness of it. How far apart stuff was, how how desolate yet it seemed more than where we had been before, which seemed quite desolate, <laughs> which seemed impossible. <laughs> yeah, well, until you get there, yeah. you're like, holy crap, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> and when we had left, well, first of all, of course, as we get there, guys, like Uganda's like three miles that way. And as we left the church to go to the house to house, it was like a, a relatively a long walk, mm-hmm. which is probably only a few city blocks, but everything else was right on top of you. You know, prior to that, you know, yeah. the things we had been to, and struck me how all the they had um, their, their their fences, their um, thorn tree brush fences, yeah. or gates around their their property, there, the yards there, and um, you think I started thinking to myself, I think some time to do that, and I think to myself. Hey, nothing but time. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was um, stuck out a lot, I guess, right, lot there. Um, that was when we had the chat with the the men in the afternoon. I remember sitting there thinking, their problems are just like ours. Isn't it crazy? Church leadership and those youth are separating or youth are going away from the church and, and suicide and all that. It's yeah. like, that's all the crap that happens. We just had a, one of my coworkers' son kill himself Sunday oh, just a couple geez. days ago, thirty-one. Yeah. But um, it's like, man, it's just the same problems. Hmm. You could plug and play that problem in, in back where we're at, you know. Yeah. And then once we got to the the third visit um, or last day there, which was Kakama One, that that's was, that was super interesting. How they how settled in they had become there. Yeah. Um, just amazes to get back to the the houses. It's it's like when you see those like chase scenes, like Jason Bourne movies, where he's running through houses and alleys. Like that's kind of what it felt like. Things were so close, but it seemed so developed. Yeah. And then when we talked to um, the people there during um, that day um, at Kakuma One, which is where we saw Cecilia, who'd been there since '92, and even the gal Elizabeth before her. Um, 
you know, they'd been there longer, but much more settled. Mm. And I, and I, I dare say content and I don't, it doesn't sound right to say that, but maybe accepting and went in their, in their station right there. Yeah. Whereas the others were probably on some level still accepting or learning to accept where yeah. they were and how things were going for them. But, um, and not that there's any less hope to go home from those who are in Kakuma one, but they seem to have it placed differently in their mind. And I'm yeah. obviously making a big jump here, <laughs> analyzing their brains, but just so more, so much more settled, I guess. I don't know how yeah. else to say that. Almost comfortable. Who is, who is the one who had all the chairs from the church? You, were you with me when we met them? I don't think so. Shoot. can't remember her name, but she was talking about um, her husband stays up in, I want to stay South Sudan, but I'm not sure. But that's not where they're from. So her husband goes and, and has work and and lives most of the time in a different country. Uh, not as, I mean, still as a refugee, but not in a refugee camp. And I said, well, how often do you see him? And she was kind of describing. And I said, why do you not move there? And she said, the, the, there are two answers. One is, well, that's really not home. So if I'm not going to be home, I mean, that's where I prefer to be. So here I have free schooling and the schools are better. And, you know, th- like you're saying, the walls are, are, are dried mud walls. They're not these see-through thorn things. Right. And it, it feels almost like a village. It, I mean, totally it does. feels like it's a done, complete, this is how, I mean, it's, it's become so much almost its own thing. Yeah. It's had that much time. Yeah. So, I mean, she would prefer to go, I think they were from Ethiopia. She'd prefer to go back, um, or I mean, it wasn't Ethiopia, now that I think about it. Wherever she was from, that's where she wants to go back. Can't go back there. There's no point going to this other place where her husband lives and works if she can get better schooling for her kids and et cetera, and then eventually leave. Yeah. It's interesting. They had the, they had the ability, not the ability, but <clears throat> they had the experience there to make that, make that choice. Yeah. You know, where they knew that, well, okay, I can always go back here to the camps, always. Yeah. You know, it seems like. Um, and I'll get I'll get better things there. I'll get I'll get better schooling. Right, it's not better things, but it's, that that became I guess that kind of speaks too to that more of that that comfort level. I say comfort. See, I hate saying that because they don't <laughs> seem. I mean, how I mean, comfy. I guess my Western measures is way askew there, but it's just it, it was something to that mm-hmm. um, familiarity, comfort, um, just knowing knowing how to deal with it better. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. And she's, she is one of those. It, it's interesting when you find a person who is, um, she had a, I don't want to be, I don't want, I'm not being disparaging here, but she had a couple of LBs to drop. <laughs> so how does that happen in refugee camp? Yeah. That is when a husband is making enough money so that they take their rations and they can trade and et cetera, and then take this extra money and buy food from the Turkana people who have goats and chickens right. and, and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, she's thriving there. So you know, when you say that too, and this, actually the Turkana or yeah, Kakuma one, we actually got invited into their homes, like physically into the homes. Whereas before I was just sitting outside, but so I didn't see into all the homes um, that we visited before, but when we were in Cecilia's home, they should clearly had taken the time and and 
the, I know you didn't really expense, but I guess there was at some level to make that more comfortable. So she had posters on her wall. Mm. They were all Christian based. They had, she had um, a, a full bed, I mean, a framed bed that was um, like up on risers to store stuff underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the other gals before her, this Elizabeth gal, she, she wasn't, I, mean, I wouldn't at all say even on, by American standards where she had to drop weight, but she was had more meat under bones than, mm-hmm. than the other two camps had them as well. So mm-hmm. um, that was kind of that thing too there. Oh, yeah. You, and you go to Calio Bay and, and, and uh, other places that are new and, and haven't been established as much, and you see emaciated people. Exactly. You see hungry people. Right. You see people who um, they their kidneys hurt because they don't have enough water. It's a very different, very different thing than than Kakuma one. Yeah, totally. Every camp is very different. So and it it creates this whole interesting and odd new dynamic of okay, so now that's a basically a village. It's it's a place where people live, but they're not residents of Kenya. How how do we deal with this? Like if if we were to solve the problem. Now we got to move them back to their country. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and yeah, at some point, I mean, you're, you get comfy there. I mean, I don't, or yeah, I get home as home. I understand that. But right. it's like, are you going to be as comfy if you move now? You're going to displace people and go back to your country where you have to reestablish yourself yet again? Right. I mean, if you have the income there to have what you have, you're going to lose that going back. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a complicated situation. <laughs> Levels of complexity are many <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, this is why it's it's so important that we do this. You know, I, you said over and over again, I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. And I kept correcting you to say, <laughs> you do the thing that no one else is doing. Everybody else just wants to be like, I don't want to go. I'm just going to throw money at it. Uh, just yeah. send them some cash. Uh, just throw some money. And that's clearly not helping. But Clearly. a lot of those people, you know, you you were the first American, first white person they've ever had come and visit them and hear their story. I still seem so, I, I, I mean, I get that too, but just the way we were welcomed in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I, you don't, I don't know. I don't need this. I'm good. <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm just some white dude who flew here on someone else's dime. <laughs> You don't gotta do this for me. <laughs> right. We can pray. Let's just pray. And I don't. I feel like I'm putting them out. You know, and and I wasn't. I mean, I I, I get right. that that's the that's how they welcome you. That's how you're. They're supposed to act. Yeah. Or they like to act or want to act. They want to do that. Yeah. It seemed like I'm. You know, you don't gotta do this for me. And the one. Well, I was with you when we were up in Calio Bay, the first house we went. First. Yeah, I mean, there's the three gals are sitting there. They were crocheting or whatever they were doing. <laughs> and I had to laugh at it, although it made me feel somewhat uncomfortable too. Is that like they they just stop talking? The one gal just stops. Or I guess I guess um, um, we were talking to him, or, mm-hmm. or we were saying things. She just gets up, and I thought, well, where's she going? And she comes back with three two chairs, and they stick them in the shade and look at you and Chris mm-hmm. and direct you over to the to the shade. And I thought. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Do we look that bad? <laughs> Do we look like I'm, <laughs> I don't know, great, but you're saying to yourself, 
holy cow, this white guy looks terrible. I'm not in the shade. <laughs> He's melting. <laughs> and then, and then the, of course, they, when they got the chair for me, which was, uh, oh, okay, great. I'm part of this too. But when I was sitting down, like the guy looked at me like, I could see in her face, I hope it doesn't break that chair. <laughs> Just see it in her face because it was kind of was, the back had broken off. It was kind of more or less a stool at that point. Yeah, but, but that yeah that seemed so. And even the Africans we were there with, the the, the Kenyans we were there with, didn't that seem natural to them? Yeah, yeah. I, but, yeah. But again, like you don't gotta do this for me. Yeah, the my favorite Thank moment you, of that was the to. singing in the church. <laughs> Where I almost got to see a breakdown. What are you talking about? <laughs> Teddy Sales brings that up all the time. Does she, she really? Loves that <laughs> that story of yours. <laughs> yeah, that was some. Well, when you know when we landed, landed was a two many trip. When you went to uh, Eladad's mom's house, and of course we get out of the vans, and I remember you getting out like you like you jumped out of the cars to want to run down and watch us all react to it. <laughs> And I and they came out of the house singing, and I thought, okay, I, I can, I can place this somewhere because it's Eladad's with us, mm-hmm. and and certainly this is part of for us too because we're with Eladad. They knew we were all coming, but this is a family thing, probably a local tradition, but it's because Eladad's coming. I could mm-hmm. I could just put that in a location in in in, in my mind and be that's what that is. Thanks, cool, but all right, no, no big deal. And so when we first pulled up to that, and this is the um, Kakuma 2, mm-hmm. and it was kind of that same reaction um, from the locals there. Yeah. And I thought, I kind of put it in the same location in my brain. Of course, they, they, kind of, kind of, they come out of the church, kind of that chorus line. And it's, it's really interesting for me to watch that. Yeah. And, and it's also, I've noticed this back to in the Tumaini, they harmonize so well. Yes. I'd, and it's, it's like, we... When we hear, I hear our voices in church collectively, we suck. I mean, <laughs> we, we sing, and it's not about whether you're on key or not. I don't think God really cares, but we don't, man, their voices just all blend mm-hmm. so well. So anyways, I can just sit and watch and kind of be part of that. So they, when the chorus line comes out, and they kind of direct us into the church and put us in a place of honor again, which I feel kind of goofy. <laughs> and the song is continuing on, continuing on, continuing on. And I can just sit and again, just be watchful of it and be interested in in the harmonization and and um, just how they're kind of carrying themselves. So you come up to me, and of course, and you said, "This is what the Bible sounds like." And then I, I didn't really think about it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is a worshipful song. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, we're we're being welcomed and all that, but it's not. This isn't about just a welcome this is about their faith this is about their belief and how deep how deep that is mm-hmm. well, then i started to kind of dwell on that and of course i had sunglasses which was a good thing <laughs> you know, i don't like crying in front of people <laughs> i could all help it and, really and even I'll send by Shara, and she's kind of cool, and she's like, oh, I'm going to get Luke Ryan on this one. I'm going to get a picture of him, and I thought, you look at me if I don't, if I don't be careful here. So I was, I was choking him back. Um, and then, you know, when they had, and then I was pretty good. I mean, I was pretty good. Got pretty good at beating him back. I was I was content. I didn't have to. I thought, okay, I'm not going to, like, break down like a mm-hmm. blubbering idiot here. And then you and Keith had introduced yourselves, and then, I was the first of our group um, 
to introduce in in you know I stood up and the song starts and it, it and it's it's just this mix of emotions where you, you want to smile and the picture luckily yeah <laughs> sure got to me <laughs> was smiling but it's like ah, I don't deserve this in <laughs> and it's it's so humbling almost I feel humiliated not because because I don't deserve that it's, I don't you don't know I don't <laughs> this is good right but it's it's I don't know I, I can't convey to them it's like you don't realize how blessed you feel at that point how welcome you feel at that point um you said you out of words I don't I don't know how you don't get welled up with emotions at that point. And, and thankfully I was able to crack a smile out of that divert somewhere <laughs> else, but it's like, ah, <laughs> the level of their faith that they have there. Um, that's it's, man, we don't have that. Well, and it, it actually speaks more to our culture because they get how blessed you are when, when they do that. What they don't get is that you haven't felt that, all the time because that's what they do they bless each other they bless each other with song with welcome with hospitality like everybody should always feel this blessed <laughs> and and americans are so deprived and so poor in, in that so that when we feel it it's so overwhelming i i can't hardly think of an occasion in recent memory in my lifetime other than going to that trip where i felt like that yeah, I and mean, certainly with your parents, it's a different ball game, you know. But uh, that was inter- very interesting, but some of it hard to take. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you just want to say thanks. You don't got to. <laughs> <sighs> no, don't make any fuss over you little don't me. Do this for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I like to think of it as a. That's that's the same experience, and and um, I mean, obviously, we won't have the same sinful hangups, but that's that's the picture Revelation paints is, you know, the angels rejoice, and as we arrive in eternity, and as the resurrection happens, there's this overflowing welcome, and there will be song, and there'll be a table of food, and and all of this, and it's like, man, I just I just got a piece of of what heaven looks like right there, and I feel like I don't deserve it. Well, I mean, in a large part, you don't, because we also don't deserve that eternal one either. Right. But that's why we do it here on earth, right. is because we are the, the sainted children of God. So, there you go. Well, and you said something, too. Um, and, and I guess, you know, we try to go the mindset going into it, and we talked about this in our pre-meetings where, you know, empty yourself of yourself. And so, if I try to empty myself of my selfish Western mind— selfish American mind of what I, you know, am entitled to or deserve or whatever, um, that becomes, again, I don't even think welcoming can even describe that feeling. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't know how you describe that. I really don't. And, and I, I don't, I mean, I get lost, I'm a loss for words even now with it. I, it's, it's just, it's unreal. It's like describing a Ferrari as a, Nice car, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's, it's or the or the biggest house on the planet as a place I live. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, the the depth of that faith is just it's it's staggering. 
and 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 it's hard. I don't know that I can describe anyone anyone at all that I know in the United States who exhibits similarly. Yeah. You know, not that they don't have it because I can't gauge anyone's faith, but uh, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. uh, And I I get nervous that they think that, that pastor Luke's face just leaks too much. (laughs) I know that's coming and I stand up and I say, hello. And it just this wave comes over the top of me, and I lose it every time. That's why Shara's like, oh, "I'm gonna get a picture." Of <laughs> yeah, that. she was all good. She about knows. That. <laughs> well, and you had talked about on the second trip um, when you guys went. This was our third as a church, where you had received that 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 welcome, and I didn't. In my mind, I couldn't place what church that was at, or when that happened, or where that happened. I thought, well, well maybe this is the one he was talking about, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 so I, I had some expectation of that for you. You know, I thought, and when Keith was up next to you, I thought, oh, well, Keith's going to get it too because he's been here before. Right, right. And he, and he played drums in that church yeah. before. Right. So I, thought, I figured that kind of thing. And it's like, oh, I get it too. <laughs> yeah. And we were super short on time. And right. Pastor John Jocks tried to be like, ah, oh, we don't have time for this. And the ladies were like, shut up. We're singing. <laughs> That was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, they were like, it doesn't matter if there's rules about when they have to leave the camp. The, you know, screw the UN. We're singing. <laughs> Jesus brought people here. We're singing. Yeah. yeah. Again, I, I, just to level that faith is hard to, it's hard to imagine. Yeah. Uh, well, hard to imagine for me, I guess. Hard to explain to people here, you know. Oh, yeah. Even even you know, video doesn't do it any justice at all. It doesn't. It, it almost it almost cheapens that video does. Yeah, because there is a certain reverberation of the music, but also just a reverberation of the spirit. You know, like you see, that's why you go to a concert versus you know you put on headphones or you watch a video and you hear right. that music sounds really wonderful, but in the space, it's rattling your chest and you feel the the crowd with you and and all of that. Same thing in in these church buildings is you feel that that rattle in your chest of of the drums man right right oh so great <laughs> love it yeah yeah and it was it was unfortunate that we didn't have enough time because of the hang up in paris and totally the, and the stupid rollover and all that took just too much time but if, even what we were able to just convey yeah you know that, that's where I see the, the all of that, the message that we're able to convey is we are not deterred. We'll be back. Right. You know, it's, it is unfortunate, but, you know, if you read the, the New Testament, Paul often says, uh, I hoped to come to you, but I was not able to be there and, and writes a letter right. to say, you know, I, I hope to come again in the future. Just that, that encouragement and hope to continue doing right. what you are doing. In, 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 you know, you talked touched on this earlier when we were talking about this earlier too days ago but you say we you know we're determined we're undeterred is that when we first were in paris the night um when a flight got canceled i remember keith said to you we can't get on plane until monday and and you said monday and I, could, I could see i could see in your face that the first inklings that this trip might not go. Yeah. It might get canceled. I mean, we just had to, whatever, get on a plane Monday and fly back home. Yeah. And I thought, oh, man, I, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. We can't do that. 
don't want that to happen. You know, <laughs> and I was, I was really happy it worked out. Obviously, it seemed dumb to even say that, but that we were able to still get there, still see most of the things we wanted to see, people, I should say, yeah. the churches and people and that kind of thing, and have that have that time with them, that impact on them, yeah. or them have that impact on me, really, and us, yeah, more than anything. And it, it just goes to show, like, it, just because I'm a I'm pastor and I've been on this trip a billion times, I've done all this, it does not mean that I got it all figured out. And in a moment of, of weakness, I was, you know, and, and I didn't let on to it. But that's that's why it's important to invest in other leaders, because I could just see it on Keith's face. He was like, oh, no, we're not canceling. We're not going back. Like, we're just not going to be there. So my... My faithlessness was in, well, we're not going to have enough. God's not going to have enough time to do cool stuff. <laughs> uh, he'd think by this time <laughs> I would have it a little bit better figured out. Well, you are a big deal. I am uh, a big deal. I mean, you're a big deal now. Yeah, apparently. You see, when, when I had you oh pull gosh. that badge out, <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh yeah. I don't, I mean... That's my wallet. That's why I bring. That's my in my wallet, right? I don't bring the badge. I wouldn't bring the badge normally. I don't have you know right. the one I carry in my my belt every day. I don't bring that with me. Right. And yeah, that was kind of funny too. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> and um, I had I'd kind of had picked that up a little bit on on a side conversation with one of our translators. They were like, "No, we we wouldn't dare sit and talk with a police officer of his rank." And, and I kind of described where, where you were in the ladder of, you know, what does it go? Captain, lieutenant, lieutenant sergeant. sergeant. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, so, I mean, he's, he's up in that, that, you know, <laughs> top or upper tier. That's, that's a thing. And they were like, can he be here? <laughs> like, I'm just a dude. I'm just a dude. <laughs> he's here with commoners? Like, there is no way. Um, yeah. So they were saying, you know, could you sit and, and eat a meal with, with a guy? Uh, with the sergeant of, of the police, and they were like, "No, we could not. It would not be allowed." Yeah, I, that's that's hard to imagine too. Really, right. like, I'm just a dude. It's okay. Yeah, but yeah. that's th- that translates in in a big way that you would take time out of your work, out of your life, to to reach down. Well, when you kind of brought it up too, when during that conversation, when you you pointed to me and said, "This one, he's," I thought. Where's he going with this? Mm-hmm. And of course, you seem to always want to tell people I'm a cop, which drives me nuts. <laughs> I know, which I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> but I thought, well, why, why is he going here now? Mm-hmm. What's in this matter here? <laughs> and then, you you know, as you t- as you talked about, you know, like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. Now, that's why he wants to bring that up. Yeah. And then, of course, passing the badger on. Well, it was kind of funny watching the reaction. Oh, they were touching all, it. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of them done to touch it, you know. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> real. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, and like, you know, just to say all of these, these are, I kept saying the big men, you know, even even Josh is, he is a youth, but he is in university. And right. he is he is studying to be a big man to build bridges and such. And and um, all of them will have to juggle. Because that's, you know, one of their, one of the things is how do we juggle our work and how do we, and I said, well, you know, all of these men have a lot of work to do and they, they also struggle. So like you were saying before, same problems, same issues, no different. That was actually in that, so that time too, I, I brought with me a handful of uh, shoulder patches and, 
I'm not a patch collector. It's a thing for people that want to collect and trade patches. I'm not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a couple that people just want to trade me over my career, my 22 years. And But I, I, I brought a few in the event that um, came across one, a patch collector. It's kind of cool to have it's kind of cool to have a patch where no one has patches to, I guess, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I also know that um, that can have an impact on them yeah. to, to receive something. Yeah. Especially it's that's kind of shiny, so to speak. Right. But anyways, so I knew after we were done, we were getting ready to leave. And we were there. When we were in that church, a lot of it, what we were um, talking about was led by the kid named Oban. Yeah. And I thought to myself, he's he's got it together. Yeah, and, and and he kind of I don't know if he put himself in the in the correct leadership role that yeah. he should have yeah. or that he could have uh, that I hope he should have. I hope he does take on that yeah. role. And so I gave him a patch, uh, kind of weighed a little bit. I didn't want to like, make a big spectacle of it, mm-hmm. but I said, I told him, I said, I want to encourage you, you know, to to keep doing what you're doing, you know. And he was really, he says, for me. It's like, yeah, it's just a patch, dude. It's not that big a deal. I mean, it's like, this thing is dime a dozen. I got right. dozens of these things at home. But it, it is, and so, and not that I was trying to make an impact, but I thought this might have more of an impact here. Oh, for sure. And I didn't want to hand out patches like every place we went. Oh, I got patches, got patches, right. you know, but just, so I, I, he's, he just, he had a lot of, cl- I thought he had a lot of clarity in where things should be going with the church and, and, and what needs to happen with the church. And so I wanted to give him encouragement. Yeah, you know, to soldier on, dude. You, you know? got that just right, and that's you know that was the other piece of that to say these are because they're they don't have as many men involved as they want. They don't have as many right. um, dudes, you know, for leadership. And that was <clears throat> they were that was one of my favorite moments. And, and Keith was right there on it. We're like kind of talking about leadership and men and who are the leaders, and we're like you <laughs> like you found them because <laughs> right. they were looking for men to step up and be leaders and i was like you're here right you have stepped up and i you know i that's what was part of my point is you know at our church at, at living faith one of the things that we we try and do is have those men who are are the step up kind of men in leadership and that inspires other men to step up sure and that's what you did. You were a big sergeant, and you saw a guy with the potential for leadership already in leadership, and invested in him by giving him a patch. You know, and the, the patch is nothing. It is right, the right. what it means is I'm encouraging you to step up. I, you know, I, and you know, I've prayed for him that he, he does find that encouragement, or, or or continues to realizing you know where he what his role and how valuable it can be there. Oh yeah, which is odd about when you say that too about how they're you know, looking for leaders. We show up, and of course, you know they're kind of like like Oban. We're kind of talking about what we're going to do. And we went with him on the door to door thing. It's like I assumed you were a leader, yeah, because you're the one talking when we get here, yeah. But it seems odd that they don't think they're like that. They don't see themselves in that role, right, like, dude? You're totally there. You're you're just. You you got you have the skills you have everything you need yeah maybe less the training the right. actual you know um, small catechism or, or or seminary training you you've got it yeah you're clearly his faith was there yep and and his his desire to lead was clearly there to me mm-hmm. his um, leadership role was evident mm-hmm. or his ability I should say is evident like this guy can lead a church easy mm-hmm. I thought oh yeah a lot of it is just that affirmation. Who gets to tell whom 
that they are a leader. Oh. You know, it, it, I think right. about our church. It's it's the elders or the council or the congregation. You know, will 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 say you ought to step up. We elect you to council or elders go and, and recruit other elders and say, right. we have you know seen and and um, have confidence that you're ready to step up and be an elder. They started so without any structure, without any um, history. I mean, there's just nothing, just a bunch of people get together. How right. do you pick a leader? I mean, it's, they don't want to step up and say, I am the leader. And, and they're, they're humble enough because of their faith and because of their culture. So they need somebody outside to say, yeah, you're doing the leadership stuff. You are the leader. Well, I, I mean, I hope he runs with that, with that football. I think he is. Holy cow. I, I, you know, I don't, I process things just way different than most people do. I think yeah. like I'm not normal. <laughs> now I just, <laughs> will just plug shit in my brain and, and pick out things to process as I choose to later on days, months, weeks, years down the road. But I've not been on a trip where I've been that in, where I've been super interested to come back, see how things are progressed. With him, I am. Yeah, you know, and 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 we've talked before, or I've said before, where I don't. I want more folks in the church to, um, in our church, to go on the trip to experience that kind of thing, the, the Kakuma trip, and, and and what there is to experience there. But there's also, I know, the hangups with international travel, yeah. the, the physical difficulties of that trip, and all that. And so I'm not. Point is, I'm not. Uh, I don't want to take the roles of people who have the opportunity to go to get experiences, but man, I would like to go back to see mm-hmm. or at least get a report back on some level. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, next year or in the year in the years following, uh, and I'd like to go back again. You know, whenever. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he's like I said, he has ability, and I hope he takes takes the reins of that horse and just runs with it. Every and everybody who's gone on the trip has somebody like that. Um, for for Keith and I, the the guy was Okach. I mean, that dude was, is. I mean, he still is a rock star. He wasn't there because he was back at his home in Ethiopia. Some family something happened. I think, I think somebody died, and and he's back oh. dealing with all of that or whatever it was. But he was this, you know, the first trip. This plucky young kid who was really interested, sharp, smart, this and that. Second trip, you know, we got back, and he goes, "I just kept doing what you guys did." <laughs> And now there's two more churches. And we're like, dude, that's awesome. Good, Good for you. That's, that's fantastic. And he was like, so now we have some problems because we don't have enough buildings. And like, right. we're like, these are the best problems. You know, this is great. Right. And then after that, he goes on to the seminary and he's almost, he's, he's on like his vicarage kind of time. And he's right. almost a pastor now. So in just three years, he went from, and he's young, he's maybe 22, 23, wow. he went from this plucky young kid who, not not unlike Oban at all, I mean, it reminds me a lot of him, um, you know, like eight inches shorter, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oban was tall dude. <laughs> but like, he just, same sort of a thing, like engaged, wants to hear from us and, and not, not gimme gimme or um, fix our problems, but just like, how do we solve this? How do, how do I keep going and doing these things? Right. And man, that, I think Oban is right there. Um, I always, I always get Kakuma, I think it's Kakuma three. Um, that kid, Simon, same thing. He was singing in the youth choir our first year. And now mm-hmm. he's one of the 
main leaders of the church. Uh, it's just so cool to watch. Oh, yeah. And that's how the church is growing. It's, it is not us. It's not, we are certainly part of a catalyst or, or something, but we're not planting churches. They are planting churches. Uh, well, whatever, you know, whatever little we can do to, to encourage that, continue that, grow that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what else can we do for him? You know, I yeah. guess that's all we can do, I guess. Which is the best thing to do. <clears throat> I mean, it's actual salvation work. It's it's not social justice warrior crap. <laughs> you know, it's it's like the 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 land there isn't isn't that it's infertile. It's it's right. actually a pretty fertile land. It's just that it doesn't rain. Right. <laughs> so right. turns out plants need water. <laughs> so small thing. Like you can you can work your ass off to put a seed in the ground and and water it, tend to it, not drink water have your kidneys go bad, like all of that, like just to get a tomato, <laughs> you know? And you're like, oh, I got a tomato. Great. <laughs> but you can plant a seed in somebody's heart of the gospel, mm-hmm. and it takes very little. It's so cool. Yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, I and I've not experienced that prior to this trip for sure. You know, I don't – and maybe it's harder to see here in the United States. Maybe I haven't done it right here. I don't know. You know, it, it, it seemed like we do so little over there. I mean, and not that, I guess we have this, or maybe I have this this mindset that that we have to engage in what amounts to toxic charity. Yeah. That's the American way to go give them things. Yeah. You know, build things, give them things, do things for them, but aren't really all that useful. Yeah. And, and even though I can, people ask me, what are you going to do over there? You know, the, the big question has always been, are you going to build something, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I say, no, we're just going to, you just encourage them. I said, you be with them, you pray with them, share the word with them, you encourage them. And it's easy for me to say that because I know it's what we're doing. But you get there and you think, well, this is all we're doing? I know, right? But it's enough. <laughs> it's more than enough. Clearly. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. enough, you know. the Like I say, the, even just freaking hand them a patch. Yeah. Dude. That's a game changer. Ah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and and you probably weren't thinking about it at the time, but there's a decent chance that patch is going down three or four generations. Well, that's what that's if, if that has the impact, I guess it's probably a better thing than I think it is. Right? You're right. Maybe I'll bring a spare badge next time and hand that off. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that dude is gonna give it to his kids. His kids are gonna give it to their kids. They're gonna talk about this Mazungu. He was a sergeant. <laughs> It's an amazing story. Uh, yeah, you know, great grandpa did actually meet a sergeant from the police. You know, and I thought, see, I thought Oban's story was amazing because he talked about we were walking back from the house to house visits, but him and his brother like, freaking walking to Nairobi from uh, s- Uganda. No, he was South Sudan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Getting all the way down to Nairobi, or however freaking long that would take, and mm-hmm. then say, nope, sorry, go back to the camps. Mm-hmm. And then. Walking to the camps, mm-hmm. just the the perseverance, I guess. Uh, just, I don't, I gotta encourage you. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> it doesn't appear as though you need it. <laughs> right, you got, you got more gumption than anyone that I know. Right, <laughs> but since you're asking the question, who's going to lead? You are <laughs> capable. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the guy who had to flee war and like he was in the bush for three months or yeah. something. Just, With nothing. Yeah. And that was gr- uh, like, so what did you eat? Well, we had to forage and find things and slept under trees, you know, during the day in the shade. Yeah. 
in an explanation, it wasn't even like there was, you know, like, like, like dread in his voice or, or, you know, like how many people do you talk to? You're like, ah, you know, I lost my job. Yeah. I had to sell my car and I drive a piece of crap. <laughs> his voice, the inflection didn't change. It's just as matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. And we walked down and, and got to Nairobi and they, they couldn't keep us there or told us, here's a piece of paper, go up to this camp and, just matter of fact. Well, yep. it didn't drag him down. It didn't it didn't outwardly appear to affect him whatsoever. Yeah. You know, he was he was upright, standing. I mean, when I say that, I mean his posture. He's not yeah. he's not slouching, he's not he's not down on anything. Yeah. He's he's like, dude, you don't you got it. You're good, brother. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> imagine this story. I'm I'm in northern Minnesota <clears throat> out deer hunting by myself or something, whatever. And uh, the Canadians invade. Or, or, I don't know. <laughs> and I have to flee the violence, and I'm in the woods in northern Minnesota, surviving for three months, and I walk to Des Moines. That's not. It's actually probably further than that, but let's let's just get it that far. Right. It would be the only news story. Oh yeah. <laughs> CNN, MSNBC, yeah. Fox, I'd be national news. It would it would be insane. And this right. for this guy it was like this thing that happened once and you know it happens. In in <laughs> to go a little step further with that, you would have because you're a hunting rights, you got a gun and a knife. Yeah. And walking down from there, you're gonna have fresh water, mm-hmm. lots of it, mm-hmm. and in a way to collect food with your, your rifle <laughs> and then gut it and cook it and build a fire and all that kind of crap. And he has they have Nothing. literally the clothes on their back. Yeah. Literally. Probably not even shoes. Probably not shoes. Yeah. It, yeah, right. And that's like, that's towards a dime a dozen. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them have done that, mm-hmm. you know, or probably doing it right now. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's happening right now. And it's, it, so this, this, what I always have to be careful on is it, it skews me on this side because when people here say they're having it rough, it's not that I, it's not, I'm not comparing the two like right. stories, but I know what rough is and I know what the human body can take. Right. And that's, and I, not because I've experienced it because I like this guy lived. So people are like, I just might as well be dead because I don't have a <laughs> Lexus. I'm like, yeah, might as well. <laughs> I just, you know, I just, I lose, it's, it's not, it's, I kind of lose compassion, but it's, yes. it's less than that because I, I just know you can survive this. Right. This isn't hard. That was hard. <sighs> this is, this is not a hard thing. You just think it's hard. Well, it, yeah. And, and, and I had asked you one of the, maybe it was after that day. I says, how do you go back home to the United <laughs> States and listen to <laughs> people what they freaking need and how bad their life is like that's not that's not that's what <laughs> seriously <laughs> this is your complaint you know or this is what you think is you got so much yeah. <laughs> we have so much yeah you, you kind of you kind of pair the the lack of compassion which is just impossible like and that that sort of bitterness or anger be like you don't know what bad is you're gonna try and pair that with um the desire for people to be better right. and the desire for them to be better has to be, has the, the process of getting better has to be go through hard times. Sure. So when somebody, 
before the trip or if outside of that kind of experience and information I've had, if somebody's going through a hard time where they lost their job and they had to sell their house, all this, I would start to emote and have this empathy, sympathy for them and, and be like, man, I don't know how they're going to survive this. Right. But now I go, oh, I know how you're going to survive this. <laughs> Just by not dying. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it's, it's easy. You, you got this. And it's, it's like, I imagine it's, it's like when the, the kids come to boot camp, like your, your daughter going to boot camp. Right. That first day, all of those drill sergeants are standing there and those kids are working and doing pushups and all that right. stuff. And they think they're going to die. Right. And they're like, no, oh, no, it's going to get way worse. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can do this because I've seen a, a thousand kids go through boot camp. I right. know you can do this and I know you're going to get through it. And I know on, on day 10 of boot camp, whatever it is, you're going to look back at day one and be like, that wasn't that hard. That nothing. Yeah. It sure puts me in mind of how, how soft we are or can be here in the Western world, you mm-hmm. know, and not just the United States, even the whole Western hemisphere, probably. Um, but what we think we we can tolerate or or are able to take, like like you said, we are as a species way more resilient than we give yeah. ourselves credit for. And not that we all should all have to walk through, you know, eighty miles of jungle with nothing but your shorts and a t shirt, right. you know, like like those two did. But um, it's, it's certainly how easy we have it here and how. You would think, in my mind, I guess, if we got it this easy here, why aren't our faith, why isn't our faith as strong as these folks here? <laughs> they have way more reason to be down on everyone and everything than I have. Right. By a long shot. Yeah. You know. God's kingdom is often inverted like that. <laughs> so like uh, like I was saying before, you have to work your ass off to get a seed in the ground to grow, pour resources into it. Right. Here there's so much opportunity, not, not just like actual seeds that farmers put in the ground, but the stuff that we do, there's just, it's the, the seeds of business, of work, of having a job, of, of renting an apartment or buying a house. All of that is so much easier that is, is weighted against. It's, it's some, it's connected and inversely related to how hard it is to grow faith here. It's harder here. So, the conversation always always comes back with people on this trip to who has it better. You know, it's an interesting conversation. It's because it's <clears throat> way harder for us to disciple, to develop our faith. It's way, and it just is. It's 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 not. Um, well, we shouldn't discount it and and say, well, it's not harder to to be faithful here and be a disciple here. We just get distracted. Yeah, distractions are hard. Right. That's a right. hard thing. Exactly. We have more faith challenges here. Yes. So they have less faith challenges, but they have malaria. Yeah. <laughs> and not enough food, not enough water, exactly. all that stuff. Exactly. You know, it sucks. So who has it better or who has it worse? It's it's a trade-off. And if, if you can always, uh, I always say, if you can figure out a way to get one foot in each place, you are the most blessed. Absolutely. In, in, in saying this trip puts that in perspective it's really kind of a you're really kind of understating it mm-hmm. you know i i there's well like i say i guess it's just an understatement there's just not even it's it makes you on some level where i say how do you handle that 
day to day people's complaints about, you know, the stupidest thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I think also because you, you, when you go over there and experience that, it does make things here easier. It, it gives more clarity, I suppose. Oh yeah, you know, unnecessarily easier, I guess, but um, just a different way to look at things and how you're going to process it in your own mind. Yeah, you know. Oh, it, it gives you, it gives you Jedi ninja skills here. It, it really does because, like, when you know what is hard, and then something hard happens to you, and you go, "That's not hard," right. you know, it, and it doesn't. People will look at you and be like, "Aren't you upset that X Y Z?" Be like, "I mean, I didn't walk through the desert, right?" <laughs> you know, like it's not as bad as I've seen. Yeah, I mean, talk about a story that's going to have going to stick with my mind for the day I die. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly with you know Cecilia again. Now she's been since ninety two, but the the all she had been through wasn't. We didn't talk about that with her, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, they have Oban offer up that story. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it sucks that my car got wrecked, but I didn't walk through. <laughs> I didn't do what Oban did. Yeah. Nor do I have to, nor will I have to. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast with a guy who was um, a Navy SEAL, and he was talking about buds and and the stuff that just the hell week and the awful things they go through. He said part of that is, like, you go through something so emotionally and, and just physically stressful, and you do all of that. He goes, the first time I was in combat, I thought, this isn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> I was like, dude, you're kind of nuts. <laughs> but he's like, you know, from his perspective, he'd—I mean, yeah, people were shooting at him, but he'd been through worse. Right, right. Holy crap! That's so. That's why the military does that, and it's—it's it's why sure. to experience something like this, you know, it, it is not doing the same thing that Oban did, but just to get a picture of it, an, an impression of what that is. And then over here, like, oh, this isn't so bad. Yeah. It, it almost be a shame to have, this kind of just came to my mind, it almost be a shame to, like, to bring Oban to the United States then. Oh, yeah. Because I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to deaden that in him. Yeah, I know, right? You know what I mean? Not that, <laughs> not that he doesn't deserve to have what we have, which he certainly does, but it's like, and not just particular to him, anyone over there. Yeah. You know, any, it's like, I wouldn't want to deaden your faith. Right. I, but with, with the entrapments of the Western world. I, yeah. I would be sentenced myself to hell for that. I mean, it's like, right. I, <laughs> well, like and, I robbed you of this now. <laughs> and and that's the good news is that most of them don't want to. And going back to that that uh, conversation, you know, somebody there had killed themselves, and um, there was a, there were a couple of those suicides, and they they were just put aside by it. They they could. Can you believe? They're telling me, can you believe that? I want to look around and be like, dude, if you imported everybody from Des Moines here they'd all kill themselves <laughs> <laughs> like in 24 hours. <laughs> yes. I can believe that. Yeah. But for them, that was such a, it was crazy to them to think that you would do such a thing. Why would you take your own life? You've got so much to live for and they're going on and on. And then when we said people in the United States do that, it was shock and awe. Yeah, they're aghast. <laughs> yeah. How, how wh- could you, you have everything. How dare you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. It was how how you with so much. Why would you do such a thing? Yeah. And it was because we have less faith. Right. We have more suicide. They right. have less stuff, more faith. 
they have much less suicide. Yeah. I mean, the, not to oversimplify this either, but the simplification of your life here would take you so much further along your faith walk than, and they don't have, the, again, they don't have those, those hang-ups that yeah. we have here. It, it, I, I, I don't know how, again, it's, 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 I feel like I'm insulting to them if I don't have that <laughs> strong enough, strong enough, a faith as strong as them. Right. Even though they don't say that, we don't discuss that, I feel like I'm doing them a disservice. <laughs> but them, them showing me their faith, <laughs> sharing their faith with me, singing praises that we arrived to talk to them <laughs> just to share some time with them. <sighs> you worried that I'm you're a, Billy I'm Madison? A, I'm a dirt, yeah. <laughs> Everyone here is now dumber. <laughs> Everyone here is now less faithful because I showed up. <laughs> I'm such a dirtbag. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm lowering the bar. <laughs> It's really, I do. I totally get that feeling. I really do. I really do. Yeah, like the the sins of our world are so indulgent versus the sins of their world. Oh yeah. You know the the sin of greed. You know here the sin of greed is I want more, a better car. I want better food. I want whatever it is. Like I, right. I want better, better, better. And their sin of greed is I want food. I want to eat today. Yeah. Enough for my kids to have meal today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so much more indulgent. <laughs> we suck. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It's certainly, <laughs> certainly mind altering. Yeah. Life changing. If it's not, there's something wrong with you, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't go and not, not experience it. Um, We've never had somebody go on and, and just come back like, yeah, it's about whatever. <laughs> it's always like, go. Let's <laughs> just, just talk about that to, to the other day to somebody. I said, I don't remember what it was, something else. But I go, this is like sort of my modus operandi is I'm not going to explain things to you. I'm just going to do things to you. <laughs> and then you'll get it. It's <laughs> really has more of an impact. Yeah. I, I mean, we do, and we do train. Like I'm not saying right. we don't do training and stuff like that, but there is no training that that can fully get you prepared. Like you have no. to have the child. All of the what the baby birth is going to be like classes are are good information, but then you have a baby and you're like, oh, yeah. oh, that's what it is. <laughs> I got you. Well, and the classes that we do, and they're important. They make a difference. But I mean, you experience that within. You know, the first five minutes of being in, in, in town there in Kakuma. Mm-hmm. And then, like, okay, that makes sense. Okay, we talk about that. And then you hit it. And you're like, oh, and now you're experiencing it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and, but again, you can't train for that. You, no. can't, you can't do it. No. You can't do it. Has, uh, has Angie noticed or said anything about you, the trip, or most interested in the spouses? Uh, you know, we haven't really talked about it. I mean, she, she kind of has a, a little bit, um, just kind of things she said and some of her mannerisms and in, in in like when I talk about it. I know, well, I know the first night we got back or the day we got back, I should say. Um, you know, we landed and, and and we came back to to town here, and um, Sophie was working, so we stopped by to see her real quick, and then we just went and had dinner um, at Mickey's. Because it's the best place ever. It is the best place ever. And then uh, we went. We went home, and I was 
I was so, I was really battling sleep, and I had I don't know if you don't pull a Luke, I don't know I don't know <laughs> Take how the drugs. right I don't know how you would sleep <laughs> get all decent sleep there because I didn't any night, which is fine. It just I kind of expected it coming into it, but so anyways we get back and I'm trying to stay awake uh, at the house to what our normal bedtime is so I can kind of start to get back on track. Cause I went to work the next day mm-hmm. and I was, I was talking with her and I was just telling her stories about the trip and explaining some things. And man, like every three or four words I was thinking, what, what was it going to say next? <laughs> you know, cause my mind was just, it was running against these tire blocks, I guess. And there's plenty of times where she would, Say to me, shut up and go to bed, or go to sleep, or or, or whatever, you know, because I, I wasn't making any making any sense. She just listened, you know. Bad idiot. She, uh, you know, she knows me well enough to know that I have to, um, well, process in my own way, which yeah. to her seemed really foreign because my mind's all messed up. But <laughs> <laughs> and you process a lot inside, and then it comes out, right, right, yeah. over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she. she but but she knows also you know even if I might bring things up, um, you know now and and not most of the two myini processing which was three years ago is pretty much done. I yeah, mean, it is because there's not nearly as much to process with that as there is you know with the Kakuma trip. But as I bring things up now with her, um, she, she doesn't like ask a lot of questions because she doesn't really know what to ask. Yeah. But the the attention she gives to my responses are are are, are, are telling to me, hmm. you know, as opposed to well, how's your day? Yeah, you know, and if everybody half ass listens, right, right, <laughs> you know, but it's 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 just it's different when she asks me about that trip, you know, yeah. and, and I don't know, maybe maybe she sense women have that intuition, right? Yeah. And she must, I'm sure she does. Into it's something additional to what I'm saying or how I'm saying it or, or what right. she senses and, and what I'm, you know, experiencing or thinking about at the time. You know, she, she just seems to pay, give it more attention. Yeah, I'll give it its due. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that is the that is the thing about this trip is it permanently changes you. And that I'm telling you, man, that was the the hardest person to take on that trip was my wife. Oh, sure. I feel every time I take somebody, I always think, you know, there is that, you know, I'm just going to do something to you and not tell something to you because <clears throat> it's better this way. It, it, it sinks in more. All oh, that's good. But I also know like how it <clears throat> changes. And I feel like, you know, like, similar to what you were saying about not deserving. Like I always think, who am I to decide that it will be good to change Jason's <laughs> brain and heart forever. Like that's, that's sort of presumptuous, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but I get it. It's always for the better, but it's still like, um, I've and it. And I think that about the spouses too. That's why I was always interested about the spouses is like, I'm going to take your spouse and I'm going to rearrange things in them and we're going to bring them back and I hope it works out. <laughs> like, and it has every time, you know, everybody's right you know, happy and, and it's, it's all good. But with Joni, it was like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm doing this now to my spouse. So money where my mouth is now I'm coming back with a different spouse. It would be interesting. I don't think you get her on podcast to say it, it would be interesting to, for you to have a conversation with her about her uh, observations of that. Yeah. Obviously without me knowing it would probably be a, a better catch for her uh-huh. to, to go through that. But 
it, just knowing, you know, with her emotions and stuff, I, I, I totally know this would rearrange her thinking permanently, this trip to put yeah. her on it. Now, you know, I, I want to be fair when I describe the physical discomforts you feel when, on, when you're on this trip. Yeah. But I, I got to be careful sometimes to not scare people off of that. Yes. And, and so with her, I wanted to, you know, I tried to be clear with her about what I experienced, you know, yeah. and how I dealt with things. And, and like we talked about how Rob would just melt. Yes. <laughs> right. Rob would actually die. <laughs> right. Right. He would it'd be a puddle of Rob on the floor. It's all be just what, like, like the snowman in the, in the greenhouse. Yes. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> but, uh, um, and she would experience, you know, obviously the discomforts and, and would have to deal with them on her own level. But I know it would completely change her thinking mm -hmm. to go on this trip. And, and I think the reality for her wouldn't be, it'd be a couple of years before she could do it only because of the time off she would have to take. Yeah. Um, because of how we have to schedule it in, in the short notice, relatively short notice, where you have to be available for that travel. Yeah. So it'd be a couple of years because she, well, she can retire in a couple of years. Like right. she's in the 24 month period where she can go within 24 months. She can go after 24 months. She can retire. But, um, I totally know it would, yeah, it'd be up her alley to go do that. Yeah. You know, just, just seeing it and just seeing how she's, um, growing in her faith since we've been married, Yeah, you know, or even to start dating even, um, you know, the, the baptism and stuff, you know, it, 50 some years old to choose to go do that and all that. So it, I, I know it would impact her, um, for the good, you mm -hmm. know, and, and she could offer, um, something to the trip. Obviously oh, sure. everyone can, yeah, she'd be special to it, but, um, yeah, I, but we'll see, you know, how time, how the next couple of years roll out and, mm -hmm. and, and I, I do agree to, we discussed this before a couple of times, how the, the two Miami is a good kind of a starter trip. Mm-hmm. So you get, I mean, and they're so they're so far apart. the The similarities seem, in hindsight, seem so small or so few between the two trips. Well, because they are, yeah. But it's such a good primer uh -huh. to do the 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 the, the two main trips, especially if you had never been there before. You know, yeah. Um, I think some of like like my first trip back in '95 actually put me on a, a decent location level. Um. But would it get me ready for the Takuma trip? No. Probably not. No. You know, but it, it was just interesting, I guess, to have that little bit of foresight for the two Miami trip. Yeah. Like, I know what the, the travel distance is. Yeah. And the airport there. They I drive know, on the wrong side of the I road. Know, yeah, I know. And, well, not only that, but how they drive. <laughs> I know what it's what the country smells like. Mm -hmm. um, just that, you know, that level of everything. And then oh, just so much different. Yeah. You know, this one is just. Yeah. But at least get the sense of the every suspend your belief that things work the way you think they should work. That's, <sighs> that's there's a different way to do stuff that is so counterintuitive to the way we think that you, you just have to press pause in your brain and and just play along. Right. And just be swept up in it. Right. And, and see, even with a Tumaini, I didn't quite do that. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't I didn't quite press pause. I kind of did pause-ish. Like yeah. I paused for like hours at a time or I could for a little bit at the time, but not for the, you know, for the whole darn trip there. Yeah. And towards the end of the 
to Miami trip, I was ready to leave. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to go home now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't feel that with the Cockman trip. Right. Um, it, it, and it wasn't like, I mean, I was ready to come home to be able, because my life's here, right? Because my wife's here, my kids are here, and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't like, I'm like I wasn't feeling like we got to get out of here. Yeah. You know, or it's time to go. It's time to move on. It, it, it didn't feel that way at all. Yeah. A, at all. You yeah. Know? That's always the, the big struggle. It's why we always have veterans on the trip and some newbies, because it is so challenging to, to just think, this this just isn't the way the world should work. Like it should be different than this. The, don't do this this way. You know, stop it. It like it should not happen like that. And and Keith was was the worst, and now he's about the best because that's kind of what Keith is. You know, like he's I don't understand this. Blah, and then he's like, oh, I get it, and and then he masters it. Like that's that's just what Keith is. So <laughs> there's the the when I knew he had even gotten beyond me in, in the embracing of the culture was one of my favorite stories. I think it was last year. We were watching a guy climbing a, a electrical pole to work on it. And it was hot. Like, so it was the, the wires are hot and it's 220 and he's up there with like, just climbing up, no special gear or anything. And I, I had to get up and walk away. I couldn't watch it. I couldn't. I was losing my mind. I'm like, no, nah, this is not how you do this. He's just grabbing wires and stuff. And, and Keith was like, oh, I see what he's doing. Yeah, he's just going to this or this or this. I'm like, ah. That guy's playing with six ways of sudden death. Yeah. And Keith is okay with it. Yeah. yeah okay, I get it. Yeah. Like I, Now I understand how this thing works. And that's that's how I would do it if I was here. Like, <laughs> you know, and I can say this here because Keith's not here, and I'm sure he'll listen to this. He he handled it as the trip leader. I, I mean, ex- exceptionally well how he handled things. I I thought, and and um, certainly the the flight cancellation and the fiasco in Paris um, for the day and a half, two days, um, wasn't like unovercomable, I guess, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like, like super heinous problems, but just the, the way he just rolled through it all. It's like, I'm glad he's leading it. Yeah. You know, it, this, this is, this is no brainer stuff. Mm-hmm. It seemed like for him, for, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. It, even the next day. So the first night, of course, we were all in those eight different hotels or it was four, yeah. I guess. And, and I remember thinking, Checking in, thinking, man, I, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't like this. Lori was on floor two somewhere. I was on floor three. I thought, well, at least she's not far off. But I don't like, man, the rest of the team. I don't like this at all. And while he didn't either, um, just the way he dealt with it over the next day and a half with, uh, you know, lugging to the airport and mm-hmm. all over crap, and even in his stories and how. <laughs> how he had, was able to deal with it with the airline uh, employees. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, this is almost like God intended it. <laughs> God raised up a leader. <laughs> Again, this, it all comes back to that. Like it's, we, we watched this happen over and over again. God raises up leaders. People are constantly saying, I could never, that, or that's not me. Oban, you know, right. is, is saying the same thing. And, you know, there was a time when when Keith would have never said he could he would lead something like this, oh. and I was looking at him, 
same way you're looking at Oban going, dude, you got this, <laughs> you know, this is, and you know, when he, when he kind of warmed up to the idea and then this was his first one that he's full on led. Right. He knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. I guess you just get out of your own way. I suppose it's, I think you have to plenty of times. kind of like with Oban I and mean, it was a lot quicker with him. I think you have to recognize, Oh, Oh, okay. It is me. And somebody has said it is me, and I can now see that. It's, it's like you, you have to hear this outside voice say to you, <clears throat> you are the one. You stand up. You go lead. Sure, sure. And, uh, yeah, and, and when, you, when you do that, when you listen, God fills in the gaps. Because everybody has, has gaps. Nobody's perfect and awesome at everything. Right. So whatever right. gaps we have, God fills it in. Well, and even how he said, when he talked to you about before you guys kind of appointed him leader mm-hmm. how he said that like I, I may not go on this trip but and that's fine but i definitely want to be all part of that planning you know every last bit of it mm-hmm. and and so even just that level of commitment without knowing he's going to go anywhere mm-hmm. you know and, and knowing that what you plan here prior to the trip could have an enormous impact mm-hmm. on the trip mm-hmm. itself so mm-hmm. even, even him to be willing to throw his neck on the line for that Mm-hmm. You know, prior to everyone even leaving or going or picking the team, it's like, yeah, that's that certainly speaks very much to his ability to lead well. Yeah, on that trip. Yeah, there was a moment in time on um, the the second Kakuma trip where uh, I described it as you know you, you you've peeked under the the blanket or the the sheet. You're you're looking behind because he was just he was noticing stuff. So I was noticing him noticing is okay. what it really boiled down to. So he was like, Shar and this person are are talking I don't under why would they and like he's getting frustrated because he doesn't understand. It's like, well you're this this happens every time. Right. You just saw it for the first time. So now that you're noticing these things means that You've gotten some insight. Now you just need some training in that to figure out what's going on here. He's fully behind the curtain. He is. You're not just seeing behind the curtain. He's the man behind the yes. curtain, the wheels right. now. <laughs> That's right. And he's got his eyes, and, and he's looking, and he's he's looking for the next leader. Because I, I think we have to have um, more and more leadership for these trips. Because I, I always keep putting it, it is it is firmly entrenched here at Living Faith that I, that I believe for sure if I got hit by a bus. I wouldn't worry if we're going to Kakama, you know, like that's happening. There's right. some people who can do it without right. me, but now we're, we got to go to the next two, three levels right. of, you know, I get hit by a bus and Keith gets hit by a bus. We're on the same bus <laughs> and it rolls over or something. Cause that might happen. Somewhere. It might happen. It could happen. It could happen here. <laughs> it's really happened in Kakama. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just has to keep until the point where it's, it's just the church does this. Right. And um, there's always more leaders coming up. Even when he asked me, we had, you know, we were texting probably a month and a half, two months before the trip. We had a team set and all that kind of. We were now we're te- he was kind of texting one day. He goes, "Hey, can we? Can you call me? We talk for a minute. I'm like, no problem." And that's when he said, "Hey, I want you to be. I want you to carry the first aid kit. Um, once we get in, once we get there, I want you to have it on you all the time. And then I want you to kind of do rear security. But just in 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 that conversation, the way he asked those things." It wasn't like, you know, not too much trouble. I'd like you to. Mm-hmm. And, but even even that spoke to his leadership, the way he addressed that with me. Mm-hmm. I thought, all right, yeah, he's, he's run the show. All I, hail our leader. That's right. And, and, and I had no problem saying, yeah, whatever you want him to do, I'm in. Let me know. So mm-hmm. I know how stuff can go over there. Mm-hmm. Now I really know how stuff can go over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even more so. 
Oh man, we're doing like an hour and a half. Wow. Good stuff, right? Yeah, I think so. All right. <laughs> you should go to work and protect and serve and stuff. I should probably have a donut too on the way. Probably back have a work. donut. <laughs> Thanks, Sarge. <laughs> you betcha. Talk <Dug> later. <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, awesome podcast. I love that dude. Um, probably my best friend in the whole world right now. I just love him to death. Great guy. I uh, hope you appreciated that podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. I sure did. And uh, if you want to contact me and uh, give me something to talk about or whatever, you can reach me at all the things with Luke Tim at gmail.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, on wherever. It is all Luke underscore Tim. Uh, Facebook too. So, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Also, keep an eye out for Kari's Coffee. That is a thing that's happening now. We should be online, ready to go to sell online here in the next 30 days. Pretty stoked about that as well. Um, so you can go ahead and uh, order your coffee and it'll get shipped right to your door. Uh, right now we're only doing whole bean coffee because uh, we don't have a grinder. So there you go. It's better whole bean anyways, uh, but we'll get a grinder eventually. Don't worry about it. All right, that's everything. Uh, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. As always, till next time, be good.